are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day are listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24. That's my portfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. But what are we talking about on today's pod? Well, I want to keep the Christmas theme going since it's the holiday season. So if you've ever heard of the 12 days of Christmas, we're doing the we're doing the 12 D-backs of Christmas. I'm going through 12 Dimebacks players and telling you the Christmas uh, the Christmas gift they're bringing this holiday season. I tried to go in order of importance by player to the team. I believed I tried my best. So if you don't agree with the order of these players or you feel like there's a player that's on here that shouldn't be or be swapped out with someone else, you can just let me know on Twitter. But these are the 12 guys I have, the 12 D-backs of Christmas. So we're going to be talking about what gifts they're bringing this holiday season. But of course, we got to play that fancy-ass intro. Intro drop. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And in full honesty, I don't even know the full Full, the full 12 days of Christmas song. I don't even know everything that's supposed to be brought over the 12 days. So this is just my variation of it. So we're starting off on the first day of Christmas. My true love gave to me. I believe that's how it goes. I really don't even know how the song goes. But on the first day of Christmas, what does Santa Hazen want to bring to me? Caleb Smith becoming a lefty specialist out the bullpen. That is the first gift coming to us D-backs fans this Christmas. Caleb Smith needs to be a lefty specialist out the bullpen. As a starter last season, I think Caleb Smith was downright terrible. Like Charles Barkley would say, terrible. 6.95 ERA. That wasn't a very good Charles Barkley impression. 6.95 ERA as a starter last season. 2.7 ERA as a reliever, though, which is fantastic. Caleb Smith as a reliever was night and day when you compared himself to a starter. I thought he was one of the worst pitchers in baseball last season, but as soon as the D-backs moved him to the bullpen, I was not a fan of that move. I was like, this guy can't do it for you as a starter. What makes you think in high-leverage moments this guy's going to is going to come through and I was wrong he actually did come through in high leverage moments and he actually was good as a as a reliever in 2021 57 innings pitch as a starter 14 home runs allowed 40 walks allowed a 1596 whip 10.3 strikeouts per nine 830 OPS allowed but 
as a reliever. 56.2 innings pitch. So he literally just got one more out recorded as a starter versus reliever. So this is a great comparison between to, to really show the differences between him as a starter and as a reliever. As a reliever, as I said, 56.2 innings pitched, six home runs to just 14, 23 walks to just 40, 9.4 strikeouts per nine to just 10 point or 9.4 strikeouts per nine. So actually goes down his strikeouts per nine as a reliever. But still, you'll take that 615 OPS allowed, which is a lot better than that 830 OPS allowed. So basically his numbers go, basically his numbers are better across the board as a reliever as opposed to a starter, even though he might not strike out people at the same rate. I don't really care about that. Innings 7 through 9, his ERA was a 279 and allowed a 578 OPS. Innings 1 through 5, his ERA was around a 5, so that just further illustrates why Caleb Smith needs to be coming out of the bullpen. His left on base percentage jumped from 65% to from 65% to 82% when he goes from starter to reliever, and that hard hit percentage drops from 35% to like 28%. So all the numbers tell you Caleb Smith is a lot better as a pitcher when he's coming out that bullpen as opposed to starting for a D-backs game. Caleb Smith, if he wants to be around on this D-backs roster and not the rotation, but if he wants to be on this D-backs roster next season on this D-backs pitching staff, not the rotation, then I think he needs to be as a reliever and not as a starter because as a starter, I'm telling you, Caleb Smith is just not that guy, pal. Now, number two, on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Paven Smith, evening out those numbers versus lefties. I like Paven Smith, but I'm not sure if that consistent over-the-fence power will ever come to Paven, and it doesn't look like he'll be turning into an elite corner outfielder in the near future, but evening out his splits between righties and lefties will improve his offensive game a ton and will improve the lineup as a whole. Paven Smith, I think, is a solid baseball player. I think there is a solid baseball player within a Paven Smith, but it all starts with evening out his number. Some people would tell you it's the power for Paven Smith or the defensive ability want to get those two areas improved. And I would agree with that, but I think the most realistic area Paven Smith can improve in the short term is just getting better against lefties. 607 OPS against lefties, 777 OPS against righties. WRC plus against lefties was 67. Average is 100. So he was below average against lefties with WRC plus, but 107 against righties. So slightly above average home run to fly ball ratio, 3.3% against lefties, 10.6% against righties. And that ground ball and fly ball percentage ticked upwards against righties, which suggests he gets a little bit more lift under the ball when going against the righties. I I like Paven Smith, but we have to be realistic about him. He's not probably going to live up to being a first-round pick back in 2017, but that doesn't mean he can't be a contributor to a good team, damn near a playoff team. Will the D-backs ever get that with Paven Smith on the roster? We'll see, but if they do, I think Paven Smith could be a valuable contributor. I'm not saying Paven Smith is going to be some all-star, but if he evens out those splits against righties and lefties, there, there's not a... I believe Paven Smith could be a sixth, seventh, eighth man on a roster. I don't think he could be a top five guy, a core guy, but could he be one of those ancillary pieces that every playoff roster needs? 
Yes, I believe that, but I think it all starts with evening out splits because if he doesn't do that, then I think Paven Smith is probably more of a platoon corner outfielder, platoon first baseman as opposed to being a as opposed to being an everyday MLB player. So Paven Smith, please even out those splits if you want to be an everyday player for the D-backs going forward. And I'm sure the D-backs want to want Paven Smith to be an everyday player because again, he was a first-round pick, and with first-round picks come a lot of pedigree and a lot of expectation, and I'm just not sure Paven Smith is going to live up to any of that, but I do believe he can live up to being a very good baseball player, a solid baseball player, but he has to get better against lefties to do it. Now, we'll get into more 12 D-backs of Christmas, but first, I want to tell you about fan tracks, which this episode is Brought to you by Fantrax. All right, D-backs fans, it's already been an interesting offseason, and it won't be long before pitchers and catchers report. I'm going to give you the inside track on the absolute best fantasy baseball platform in the industry. It's Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable MLB fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Create or join a fantasy baseball commissioner league, invite your friends, and dominate your draft this season. It's also the top dynasty base, the top dynasty, excuse me, it's also the top dynasty fantasy baseball platform in the industry. I don't know why I couldn't say dynasty and fantasy in the same sentence. Go deep with the ultimate keeper in dynasty leagues. Create a simple redraft league or even a customizable best ball league with up to 2,000 teams. Coming from another service, Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Ever have a trade go wrong or make a mistake in dropping a player? Fantrack's commissioner tools allow you to undo any move with one simple click. Among the most trusted names in fantasy sports since 2000, since 2008, Fantrax invites you to sign up today for free. If you do, you'll be entered to win an official MLB-signed Fernando Tatis Jr. baseball. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and use promo code TATIS when you sign up to be eligible to win. If there is anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has it. Fantasy sports doesn't sleep and neither does Fantrax with seasons running 365 days a year. There's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it the permanent home for all their fantasy leagues. Don't miss this opportunity. Sign up today to win an official MLB signed Fernando Tatis Jr. Baseball. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn. Use promo code Tatis. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Play ball. This episode is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Let's get back into the pod and let's continue the 12 D-backs of Christmas. And next up on my list, for the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 
David Peralta given his power back from 2018 and 2019. Wow, I thought that one was pretty fire if I do say so myself. David Peralta had 30 bombs in 2018 and in 2019 he had 12 bombs but he did do that in 99 games. But in 2021 only 8 home runs in 150 games. It's definitely the worst home run pace of his career, the worst home run percentage of his career. In 2018 to 2019, David Peralta had a launch angle above 6 degrees with an exit velocity above 90 miles an hour, but both of those dropped in 2021. His expected slugging percentage was above 400 during that time, which is 2018 and 2019. But in 2021, his expected slugging percentage, only 344. His home run to fly ball ratio used to be around 19%, but around just 7% this past season. His hard, his hard hit percentage on balls in play used to be around 45%, but dropped to around 32% this past season. David Peralta was one of the better D-backs or runners in scoring position and high leverage moments in 2021. But if he could if he could turn some of those singles into extra base hits and over the fencers, then all of a sudden, David Peralta isn't just moving a runner over or bringing home just one guy. All of a sudden, David Peralta is bringing home multiple dudes. This is a guy that's shown us that 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 has showed us before in the past that he has the power, and it wasn't super long ago. 2018 2019 that's not that long ago he still has shown some power in other ways i believe he led the national league in triples this past season but outside of the outside of triples we haven't really seen too many other extra base hits we haven't seen the doubles as much as we wanted we haven't seen as many home runs as much as we wanted and the d-backs are a team that desperately need the power they were at the bottom of the league in home runs last season and i don't think David Peralta turning into a 25 home run guy is all of a sudden going to fix all the issues the D-backs had last season when it comes to power and the home run department. But it would help out tremendously in the lineup because all of a sudden those are going to be extra runs going on the board that we didn't have last year. I think the D-backs lost like 31 score games last year. Well, if David Peralta all of a sudden is going from eight home runs to 20 home runs and he's going from 15 doubles to 20 doubles and just across the board, extra base hits are going up while his numbers and with runners in scoring position and high leverage moments are staying the same, then all of a sudden, the offense is going to be better. It's going to be a few more runs over the course of the year, which can lead to just a few more wins. I'm not saying if David Peralta was the 25 home run guy we saw in the past, the D-backs are a playoff team last season, but if he's the guy that we saw in 2018, 2019, and 2021, then maybe the D-backs are like the 28th worst team in baseball instead of the 30th worst team in baseball. So if we see that kind of progression from David Peralta, I think it would help this D-backs lineup out a lot. And also, it could help out David Peralta's value out a lot. Maybe he all of a sudden becomes a trade deadline candidate. I think he's already going to be that, but he's, it's going to increase his value a ton if he could get back into that power department. So for the D-backs, from a lineup standpoint, from a trade standpoint, David Peralta needs to get that power up because it will just help this team in so many different ways and then next up on the fourth day of christmas my true love gave to me josh rojas with his hard contact numbers rising 
Josh Rojas, my case, or the the Christmas gift that he's bringing this offseason is very similar to a David Peralta. I want Josh Rojas to get those hard contact numbers up. His hard hit percentage on balls in play was 29% in 2021. That is flat out terrible. Again, Charles Barkley, terrible. Second worst ground ball percentage on the team behind a David Peralta. His 4.8% barrel percentage was second worst on the team behind a, behind a Nick Ahmed, who, guys, if you've never listened to this pod before, I've said multiple times, Nick Ahmed is not an offensive major leaguer. Defensively, he's one of the best in the game, but offensively, he probably shouldn't be on a major league roster. It's just hard to not keep him on a major league roster because he's one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball. But at this point, with the way the D-backs team looks, I think I would rather trade uh, defense for offense. Uh, but either way, let's get back to Josh Rojas because his 8.4 degree launch angle was the second worst on the team to just David Peralta last season. And these are players with at least 250 plate appearances last season on the D-back squad. So just not anyone. It's not a Drew Ellis or Wyatt Matheson. These are players who actually had a real opportunity on the D-backs last season. His 88 mile an hour exit his 88 mile an hour exit velocity, I think could be a little better as well. Rojas definitely made strides as a player after not thinking he was a major leaguer when he first got to AZ, but his 11 home runs was actually kind of impressive considering his, <clears throat> excuse me, his 11 home runs was actually kind of impressive considering his hard contact rate numbers were near or worse than Paven Smith in a lot of areas. So, the difference between a Rojas and Paven Smith, Rojas isn't affected when going against the same side of dominant pitchers like a Paven Smith. So if Rojas is a lefty going against left-handed pitchers, that really doesn't affect him that much like it would a Paven Smith. If he can tap into some extra power, Rojas could be a real weapon next season both righties and lefties, which will make him tough to keep him out of the lineup. So I want to see Josh Rojas as an everyday major leaguer. He basically was last season. For some reason, his numbers went crazy whenever he played right field. He batted like 359 with an OPS above 1,000 when he played right field. So he becomes a full-time right fielder for this D-backs team for this D-backs team next season and can improve those hard contact rate numbers, then I think Rojas could be potentially one of the most important D-backs next season, one of the biggest X-factors on this D-backs team next season because I think there's a ceiling to a Josh Rojas that just isn't there with a Pavin Smith or some other players on this D-backs team. It's definitely not there with a guy like Josh Van Meter. So I think Rojas, I don't think he actually has like all-star loving breakout potential in his future. I don't think he's that good, but could he be a more higher level player than a Pavin Smith above average major leaguer? Then yes, I think Pavin Smith... His best case scenario is an average major leaguer, and it's probably as more realistically as a platoon player. But Josh Rojas, I could actually see him being a major leaguer, an everyday major leaguer on a team that makes it to the playoffs. So because of that, I do think his ceiling is higher than a guy like Paven Smith. But to tap into that ceiling, I think he's going to need to get some of those power numbers up. So Josh Rojas, you're going to need to work on that this offseason, buddy. But let's continue with the rest of the 12 D-backs of Christmas. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by Stance. 
Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings in atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. That's why I beg my parents Every holiday season for Stan socks. I know socks don't sound like the most, uh, you know, the the most popular gift to get at Christmas. But trust me, when you get a pair of Stan socks, you're gonna be trying to wear those every day. You're gonna be having them in the washer and dryer every day. So I highly, highly recommend getting a pair of Stan socks for your lover, your spouse, your partner, your son, your daughter, your aunt, your uncle, your grandma, your grandfather, whoever it is. Get them a pair of Stan socks. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in those that feel good do good go see for yourself register for an account at stance.com and get 15 percent off your first purchase use promo code locked on at checkout to apply enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance Alright, alright, alright. Let's wrap up the pod with our last two players. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Luke Weaver staying healthy with an expanded arsenal pitching tree. Yes, Luke Weaver. This is kind of a double gift from Luke Weaver. He really wants to come through this holiday season and spread the joy and love and just spread the holiday cheer because Luke Weaver not only wants to expand his arsenal, but he also wants to be able to stay on the field consistently and not get hurt. Oh my God. Thank you, Luke Weaver, for that because... In 2019, he had a phenomenal debut with the D-backs. After being acquired in that Paul Goldschmidt trade, he showed a lot. 294 ERA, 69 strikeouts. But the sad thing is, he only pitched 64 innings that season. And it's because he suffered an elbow injury that kept him out basically the rest of the year. Then you fast forward to 2021, he bounced back. A decent amount after the terrible showing he showed in 2020, but 2021 he had a 4.25 ERA, 4.42 FIP, 58 hits, 20 walks, and 62 strikeouts. So it was better than his 2020 season, but still he only pitched 65 innings because of a rotator cuff strain. Luke Weaver needs to learn to stay healthy if the D-backs are ever going to be competitive because they expect this guy to be potentially a frontline starter someday, and the The healthiest we've seen from a Luke Weaver is the 2020 season where he only had to make 12 starts, excuse me, because of the pandemic, because of COVID. He didn't have to pitch a full season, and that might have been the best thing for his arm, but he looked terrible in 2020. 2021 and 2019, he looked a lot better than he did in 2020, but he wasn't able to stay healthy during those years, so I don't know how his year progresses. I don't know if he gets better as the season goes on. I don't know if hitters start to key in on Luke Weaver more as the season goes on. There's still so much I feel like I don't know about Luke Weaver, and it's because he just hasn't been on the field enough, so that's the first order of business with Luke Weaver. Figure out how to stay healthy, and then the second one 
is expanding that pitching arsenal because his strikeouts per nine and strikeout percentage has steadily declined the last three seasons. His barrel percentage has been above 9% the last two years after being below 6% the rest of his career previously to the two years prior. His hard hit percentage and exit velocity are all considerably higher since coming to Arizona and all this could be due to the fact that he's become a more predictable pitcher the last few years. His pitching arsenal the last three years just listen to this in 2019 he threw his fastball around 52 percent of the time change up 25 percent cutter 14 percent and curveball nine percent in 2020 fastball ticked up to 54 percent change up 27 percent cutter went down to 12 percent and the curveball went down to seven percent but listen to 2021 that fastball up to 62 percent change up 30 percent cutter six percent and curveball two percent he's basically thrown the fastball change up over 90 percent of the time which is just way too much he used to throw the curveball early in his career when he first started out with st louis or yeah, he used to throw the curveball early in his career when he first started out with St. Louis, and he threw the cutter when he first got to AZ, but both of those pitches are pretty much non-existent now. Weaver is never going to develop into the guy that we wanted him to when we acquired him in that Paul Goldschmidt trade if he can't stay healthy on the field to, de- to de- develop. If he can't stay healthy on the field, then he won't develop. And if he is on the field and healthy, then he needs to develop more than just his fastball and changeup. So Luke Weaver, please get healthy and please work on your pitches. I know you were crushed in 2020 whenever you threw those cutters and curveballs. But guess what? You want those pitches to get better. Then you have to work through your struggles and you have to make them work. If you're just putting them on the shelf, then guess what? Those pitchers are never going to get better. And players, position players, are going to get better against that fastball. They're going to start to catch up to it. They're going to be expecting that change up when you work off the fastball. So you got to be able to switch it up. You got to be able to keep these hitters on their toes. And if you're just throwing the fastball and change up, then unfortunately, Luke Weaver, you're never going to turn into the frontline starter that we all hoped when we acquired you in that Paul Goldschmidt trade. And then the last gift coming to D-backs fans this winter on the sixth day of Christmas my true love gave to me Mark Melanson stabilizing the back end of the bullpen yes Melanson he of course wasn't on the D-backs last season but the gift he's bringing to us is the stabilization of the back end of the bullpen because the D-backs were dead last in save percentage at 44% in the National League last season. They could not conf- they could not convert the few opportunities they had last year. He's coming off an all-star appearance. He's coming off the most saves in the National League at 39. And he also had a 2-2-3 ERA last season with a 3-3-6 FIP, a strikeout percentage at 22%, and a ground ball percentage at 56%, which is above league average, which is only 43.8%. His home run rate of 1.4% is less than is less than half the 2.9% big league average. So his numbers, his traditional numbers across the board are just phenomenal for Melanson. 197 
197 average, and 509 OPS allowed with runners in scoring position. Numbers get better in high leverage moments, 206 average, and 609 OPS allowed in high leverage moments. Only two earned runs allowed, which is 1.2 ERA, over 15 innings pitch on zero days of rest. You don't have to wait to put this guy in after he, uh, you don't have to sit this guy on the med- on the bench for multiple days to let his arm strength to get up or you don't have to worry about arm fatigue with this guy. This guy is ready to go almost every day of the week. 2021 was his lowest ERA since 2016 if we don't count the 2020 season. And you got to remember, he had Fernando Tatis behind him in 2021. So that probably hurt his ERA even more because that's like 18 errors and terrible defense that Mark Melanson couldn't do anything about. His exit, vil- his exit velocity allowed was only 86.4 miles per hour in 2021, the lowest since 2017. And his hard hit percentage of 36% isn't too bad either. The D-backs came into this offseason with bullpen, the biggest need, and they struck gold early by finding Mark Melanson. We are, of course, in a lockout now, but they already have a strong start to the offseason. So I want to see what else they can do, what other pitchers, relievers they're going to go after after the CBA lockout. But bringing in Mark Melanson, stabilize the back end of the bullpen is a great first step by Mike Hazen to solidify a problem that's been persisting for the last few years in this D-backs organization. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow because we're going to be doing part two with the 12 days with the 12 D-backs of Christmas. Of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make Locked on Bets your second listen of the day with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. As always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!